Hey, seasoned athletes, I'm Robin Leggett, and this is episode 42 of the Seasoned Athlete Podcast. This is your home for inspiring stories and motivational advice from competitive athletes representing a wide variety of sports who all share one common bond. They are all over 40 years old. We're here to prove one story at a time that age does not have to prevent you from achieving your bold athletic and fitness goals. To learn more about this podcast and see show notes from this or any episode, visit seasonedathlete.me. And if you like what you hear, I would love it if you'd subscribe, share with your friends, and leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Today, we're doing something a little bit different. Normally, I am interviewing seasoned athletes from various sports, various ages. Well, today is my birthday. I turn 44 today. And just like I did last year at this time, I am turning things around. This is my birthday podcast, and I'm here to kind of fill you in on where I'm at as a seasoned athlete and take your questions as well. We are broadcasting the recording of this episode on Facebook Live on the Seasoned Athlete page and on Instagram Live right now. So um, anybody who's watching or listening or, or anything is welcome to submit questions. But I do already have a couple questions and I can kind of get into them in just a second. But I kind of want to talk about What's happened in the last year where I'm at? So first of all, I got to answer the question that I ask all my guests, and that is, what is my age at this moment in time? The answer is I am 44 years old today. I've been calling it the hard eight age uh, because I am a, at least once upon a time, uh, was a craps player. I like to gamble. Uh, I don't do it very much anymore because I'm just more frugal now, but I like the game of craps. And in the game of craps, if you roll two fours, that's called a hard eight. Uh, you can bet on that and win money on that. And, um, it's a little harder to get that number. And so it gets you a little more money. So today is a hard eight age. Uh, that's what I have reached. So that's what I've been calling it, but I'm 44. Uh, so, uh, what's happened in the last year? What have I achieved in the last year? Uh, how have I changed in the last year? So let me see if I can do a quick rundown. Uh, so this last year was the first year that I started uh, racing in the competitive age group category for Spartan Race. Uh, they introduced it this year and I decided I wanted to challenge myself in that way. So I started racing as an age group competitive athlete. Um, in my uh, first few races, I did pretty well. I think I was 16th place in my first race. And then my second and third, I got 11th and 10th. So it was really exciting. This is the 40 to 49 women's age group. So pretty broad group of women uh, competing in this age group. And I was placing pretty well right off the bat. So it was really promising. I actually, in my third race of the year, I qualified for Spartan North American Championships. So that was really exciting. Uh, I didn't have to wait too long to qualify for that. My goal for the year, I had two goals for the year for my competitive racing career if you want to call it that. Uh, it, one was uh, um, qualifying for North American Championships. I did that. The second was qualifying for Spartan World Championships. I did not do that. I tried. Um, I really did what I could to qualify for World Championships. I just came up a little short this year. So that was, you know, I, I achieved some really cool things and then, you know, did not achieve everything I sought out to achieve. I did... Uh, Interestingly, I went up to Lake Tahoe for Spartan World Championships, did not compete in the championship race, but the very next day I got to run more or less the same course and came in fourth place. So that was actually the best, uh, the highest I reached, just shy of the podium. Uh, so, uh, but 
but fourth place was pretty cool. It was really in that course because that's a really tough course. So that was exciting as well. Um, so, so yeah, that was, that was kind of my, my Spartan, my year in Spartan race. Um, I, let's see what else, what else happened? Um, oh yeah, I opened a gym. I opened a gym this year. So, uh, that was a goal going into this year is I actually wanted to open an obstacle race training gym. It happened faster than I anticipated. Uh, we found a really cool space really quickly and we opened a gym in May. So my husband and I opened this gym together. It's called Rise Up Training Santa Monica. And we partnered with Rise Up Training Long Beach, who's a more established obstacle race training gym, more commonly known as Rut Camp. And we partnered with them and now we are Rise Up Training Santa Monica. So that was really exciting. We opened that gym in May and it's been really fun and also exhausting to run a gym. So, uh, that's, that's a new thing that's happened in my life and to run a business with my husband, uh, really cool, really exciting thing to do. So, um, those are the big accomplishments of the year. I still have not reached a Spartan podium, um, as much as I want to, that is definitely a goal. I did get top three in a race this year. It was the awesome eighties run uh, of all things, uh, cause I'm an eighties fanatic, but I got second place in my age group in, I think it was a 40 to 44 in that race. So that was the, that was kind of the first time I got an age group medal, which was really cool. Uh, and, and I got to do it dressed in a leotard and leg warmers. So that was also really cool. So, uh, that's a bit of my year in review. I got to interview a number of really cool people, um, of various ages and various sports. Um, I had to put the podcast on hold for several months. That was something that happened this year because I opened the gym. So you may have noticed that things were a little quiet. I wasn't releasing episodes very frequently in the summer months of the year. And that was because I was so busy with opening the gym and getting the gym launched and getting it off the ground that I had to back burner the season athlete podcast for a little bit. Um, I was worried that I might have to actually abandon it, uh, but I didn't want to. So I just put it aside for a little bit and focus on some other things and then figure out how I could get back to the podcast. And I, and I was able to do that in September. So yeah, uh, the podcast is back. And we're back with the birthday episode. So um, I'm going to start answering some questions and talking about some of the things that people asked me. Again, if anyone is viewing the Instagram live or Facebook live of this podcast, please feel free to ask me any questions. The more, the better. You're just giving me something else to talk about other than rambling about my own life. But uh, some of these questions are going to be about my life. So we are going to, I am going to ramble about my own life a little bit. So first question is from Elsa. She asked this question on Facebook um, when I originally asked for questions. And it's a really good question that, that made me think a little bit. It's still making me think a little bit. So her question is this. What's something as a seasoned woman, as she said in quotes, that you thought you could never do that turned out to be much easier than ever anticipated when fear and doubt were put aside? Guess I'll call it the I can never put my face underwater moment you have as a kid. Once you do it, you're proud. But also like, what was the big deal? <laughs> that's a really good question. And I've had to think about it because really it's like everything. <laughs> um, I feel like everything I do, especially from an athletic standpoint, I have those moments. I freak out. I feel like they're impossible. I'm going to use learning how to go across monkey bars as an adult, as an example, uh, because that was something that 
I really thought was just never going to happen for me. Like I see these monkey bars, especially the Spartan races, they're really far apart and they go higher and lower and they're super intimidating. And anyone who is new to Spartan race probably looks at those and thinks I'm never going to be able to do this. You've got to be crazy. And I looked at those and I thought that, and I always said, it's like, I'm five foot one. I have short arms. I have little hands. How am I going to do that? And I have a, I have an interesting story. And, um, so I took the, uh, it was the, it was a Spartan obstacle specialist course that was part of my Spartan certification. And I took this several years ago and I don't even remember who the instructor was and it's probably for the best, but I don't remember who the instructor was. And I asked about monkey bars. I said, I'm five foot one. I've got little arms and baby hands. How do I get across these monkey bars? And at the time that I couldn't answer my question, he's like, um, I don't know. Maybe, maybe that's just something that you're not going to be able to do. Um, and thankfully I don't think anyone would say that now. Uh, but back then years ago, I guess this particular person just didn't know. And maybe from his experience, he was a taller guy. Uh, so he just doesn't know things from my perspective. Um, but I, I was taken aback by that, but also I was like, well, okay, I guess this isn't something I'm going to be able to do. And, and I kind of was coming to terms with that. And I still would practice, you know, do, building my grip strength and trying to go across monkey bars and I would do my best. But I also was like, well, but if, if I can't do it, that, I guess that's fine. So, um, flash forward to a race I did, um, almost, uh, what was it last year or the year before? Uh, shoot, it's all blending and now I've done over 35 races. Uh, but there was a race I did at least over a year ago. Um, and at that race, I had a small team with me and on my team was somebody who was my height. And she also spent a lot of time in climbing gyms and had built her grip. And so we got to the monkey bars and I try going across. I always try. And I got a, like three in and fell off, but that was the farthest I'd ever gotten. And so I was like, okay, I, you know, I go, it's fine. I can't do monkey bars. And then she goes on and she proceeds to zip, 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 go all the way across. And she's, she's looks like me. She's built like me. And I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> I thought that this wasn't something I'd be able to do. I want to try again. And I tried again. And when, you know, I got across and that was the first time I ever got across. And so at that moment, uh, like something clicked with me and it's like, Oh, this is something I can do. And ever since that moment, I think I've only failed that obstacle one time since. And it was a gear issue. It was something like a sleeve pulled up and made me slip off. Otherwise I've had the skills and abilities to do that obstacle. And now it's like, ah, it's no big deal. Right. Um, like I was stoked when I got across the first time and now it's like, I'd be upset if I didn't. So that was one of those moments where it's like, yeah, I can never put my face underwater moment. Like I'm never going to be able to do this obstacle until I could. And I think that happens with a lot of things in the racing that I do. I mean, I thought about that with rope climb. I thought about that with like every obstacle that I haven't been able to do that I can now do at one point felt impossible and until it, until it becomes possible, everything is impossible until it becomes possible. Um, so I feel like I have those moments a lot because there's a lot of fear and doubt in, in all the craziness that I do. Um, I am not a natural athlete. I was not someone who grew up playing sports. I never even did monkey bars as a kid. 
Like I was not that kid. So of course everything's going to feel intimidating to me as an adult. Uh, but at the same time, I force myself to try it. I try and put those fears and those doubts out of my mind because you have to convince yourself to believe that you can. Those fears and those doubts, you know, they exist and they always will, but, and they, they cause you to not believe in yourself. And when I coach people with obstacle training, I, I always coach them that it's like, I can coach you on skills. I can coach you on technique as much as I want all day long. But if you go into trying to do something and you don't believe you can, you're not going to, you're just not. So you have to believe you can. And at that monkey bar, uh, that monkey bar thing where, where the thing clicked with me, it, for me, I had to see someone who resembled me doing it. And that was the moment that I believed that I could prior to that. I did not. So when I saw someone who resembled me, able to do it, then I believed that I could. And all of a sudden, all the technique practice that I did came to fruition and I was able to do this thing. Prior to that, I had all the skills, I had all the abilities and I lacked the belief. So um, belief in yourself is just so, so powerful and it can help you and it, and the lack of it can hinder you. So um, I always tell people to believe in themselves and I always have to tell myself because sometimes I don't listen to myself and my own advice. So um so yeah, I don't know that I have one thing to answer Elsa's question. I don't know that I have one thing that uh, turned out to be easier than anticipated because to me, it's all the things. And then there are still things like the spear throw in the race or maybe running a marathon. Uh, that's something I haven't done yet that I've been intimidated by um, that, you know, you just got to suck it up and do it. The funny thing is this year is the first time that I've ever actually thought Hey, I could do a marathon. I, prior to that, I actually, A, didn't think I could and B, didn't think I wanted to. Um, but then earlier this year, I'll give credit to an organization called Machete Madness. They put on a trail race earlier this year called Machete Madness Trail Madness, I think is what it was called. And it was a four hour trail race and it was a four mile loop. And you just did as many of these four mile loops as you could. And it was like two of those miles or three of those miles were like pretty straight uphill. And then the rest was down and you just did that over and over and over again. And I ran that race for four hours. I think we actually had four hours and 15 minutes to run that race. And I got 16 miles in, in this trail race. And my husband and I both ran it and we left that race thinking, well, shoot, we could probably more than a marathon now. Like we know that we can run for four hours. Uh, so at least, so maybe, just maybe, we can run a marathon. And so you just, those things click where you see yourself doing something that you didn't think you could. And all of a sudden it opens up other things that you didn't think you could that you may want to try. So who knows, maybe in 2019, you'll see me running a marathon for the first time. Uh, I PR'd a half marathon this year, so maybe I need to uh, up the challenge. So it's not just Spartan stuff. It's just like any any sort of challenge. And it, it could even be non-athletic. I just happen to live in that realm. So it could be a creative challenge uh, or a work challenge or something that, that you're intimidated by. And then, you know, maybe it's asking for a raise and you're freaked out and then you, you put your face under the water and you do and you find out that, it, you know, both you're proud of yourself and, and also like, what was the big deal? Why was I so freaked out? So there's all sorts of things in this world that, I think can qualify as that. And ultimately you got to just believe in yourself, practice and try. And then 
it becomes like the intimidation, the fear gets removed. And when that happens, it's really cool. So uh, that's my answer to Elsa's question. Again, if you're watching live and you have any questions for me, please feel free to ask. Uh, I would love to answer some live questions as I record this podcast. And if you're just joining, we are, I am recording a podcast right now. So, uh, I am recording live. I will probably edit this part out or maybe not. I don't know. We'll see. But, um, we're just having a little fun here because it's my birthday. So that's what's happening. All right. I have another question that I'm going to get to. Uh, this one's from Larry and it's another good one. He said, looking back to your three-year Spartan career and knowing what you know now, would you have trained differently for Spartan and other OCR races? OCR is obstacle course racing. Uh, would I have trained differently? That's so interesting to me because I feel like I've been fairly methodical with my training, but I've also been learning as I go. Um, like everything, every sport I've ever done, I've been learning as I go. And, um, and so I think the biggest change that I would make to my training would be to focus like to get serious about my running sooner. Um, so little background on my three-year Spartan career. So I started Spartan race. My first Spartan race was in December of 2015. So it's almost been three years, almost exactly. The race was Castaic Lake uh, here in Southern California. I will be doing that race again this year. I do it every year. And I always tell people it's a great first race. Give it a try. So um, uh, that was my first race. And so uh, at that race, I did it as a bonding activity for the boot camp that I had at the time. So I got about 14 people together. We all were wearing bright orange shirts and we all just ran the racing and the goal was to get through it. That was the, the only goal. And we did, and it was super fun. And then I was like, Oh, this is kind of cool. I want to keep doing these. And so I kept doing them, but I raced to finish. Like that was my main goal was to finish my race. And then it wasn't until I guess, um, was it 2017? I started dabbling in elite racing. Um, I felt that I had learned enough obstacles and learned enough technique that I could maybe try racing in the elite heat. Now the elite heat is the competitive heat. They raced for money. They still do. Uh, and you can't, you cannot accept help at obstacles in the elite heat in the open heat where most people race, you can help each other. You can work as a team and you can help each other. But in the elite competitive heats, you cannot accept help. So if you can't do an obstacle, you have to do 30 burpees. That's the rule. So I, I put myself into the elite heat at that time. And for most of the time I did elite racing, I was probably a bottom 50 percenter for the most part. So I was not anywhere near the top, even in the masters, which was the over 40, I was kind of a bottom 50 percenter. So um, it was, it was fun to challenge myself in that way, but I wasn't in contention for anything in the elite heat. And then this year they introduced age group and I was like, okay, this might be where I belong. And I started racing in the competitive age group heats. And then I was getting top twenties and sometimes top tens. And so I felt a little better racing in age group. Um, but something I really noticed in all of the competitive racing that I've done is that if you can't run fast, you're not going to win. Like you can do all the obstacles all day long, but you got to you gotta have a good running pace. So yeah, I just, I, I was having a hard time keeping up with, with the really fast runners. I just couldn't run that fast. So about a year ago, um, I, about a year ago is when I started getting serious about my running and I went to a running clinic, um, hosted by a running coach, well-known running coach down here called, uh, his name is Richard Diaz. I went to his running clinic and I learned 
how to retrain my stride to be more of a midfoot runner than a heel strider, which is how I've been. I just, I, I was a, I have no technique runner. I just running how I thought my body should go. And then uh, I went to that clinic and started learning how to retrain my stride to be more efficient. And that was, that had a pretty big learning curve for me. Like if you ever try to retrain how you run, uh, it's, it's almost like learning to walk all over again. Like you're moving your body when you first start doing it, it's like you're moving your body in really awkward ways. It feels very foreign. It feels like every step is work. And then it, it really activates muscles that you don't normally use. So, some pain comes with that. And for me, my calves really got lit up from that. I had a lot of calf pain. I actually ended up with an injury last October at a Spartan race, a second to last obstacle. I was running up the slip wall and thought I had a calf cramp and ended up being an injured calf. Like I tore my calf or strained my calf and I was injured for months. And I think that was just part of the relearning how to run process and some of the side effects that came from that. Um, but I, I slowly healed from that injury and I, went to another running clinic when I was able to run again. And, um, and lately I've been, I, I'm part of the rise up race team, uh, through my sister, Jim, uh, rut camp in Long Beach and their coach, uh, coach, coach V has been having me really focus on improving my speed. And that was in advance of the half marathon I just did at the end of October. But I um, started to do more road running again, started to do sprints at the track. Um, and, I'm, I'm just now three years later, just now seeing my speed and my pace improve like significantly. Um, so like it, it, it's like something clicked all of a sudden and I'm able to run faster and I'm feeling it. And I, and that combined with the endurance that I've already built has been really great for my racing. And so, and I noticed it in Tahoe, like that Tahoe was a big indicator when I came in fourth and I just, I was able to run so much more of that course and able to attack the downhills. And, um, and in the half marathon that I just did, I PR'd by like almost 20 minutes, um, and had my first sub two hour half marathon. And, and by sub two hour, I can't, uh, my time was one fifty two. So it's not like I barely had a sub two hour. I like really had a sub two hour. Um, previously my best time was two eleven. So like I'm seeing these big, big changes happening now that I've retrained my stride, that I've gotten better at it, that we're focusing on, um, pushing up my max heart rate. Uh, my VO two max is what it's called, but like really push doing these sprints at the track and these different kinds of sprints that are designed to, kind of push up my max heart rate and therefore move up all my heart rate zones so that I can actually go faster without exerting myself as much. Um, and it's a long process. It's a long, hard process that I wish I had started earlier. So I think that's kind of, that's my big takeaway is, um, like if I would known now what, or yeah, if I knew then what I know now, I think I would have gotten serious about my running and started, taking these steps a lot sooner. But back in, back when I started, I wasn't serious about racing. I was doing it to finish. I was doing it as a bonding activity. I was doing it as a team building activity. And I still do that. I still race with groups. Um, I still race as a coach. 
if you were in Castaic Lake at the December Spartan race, I'm actually doing something called a guided run that is through Spartan. I'm doing it both days, Saturday and Sunday, where I will be a designated coach on the course for people who want to have a coach run with them. So um, if you sign up for the uh, Castaic Lake Spartan sprint on Saturday and Sunday, the noon guided heats that are and it's an option that comes up when you sign up. That's me. I'm the coach. So I love doing that. I love running as a coach. I love helping people um, with technique or just like literally helping them. But I also love running competitively. And so when I first started, I wasn't thinking about running competitively. I don't think that was even a thought in my head. And then as I continued, it just became a natural progression for me. So uh, I don't think I would have changed, you know, I don't know that I would have changed anything, but if I had decided to become competitive sooner, um, then it would have been important for me to get serious about running because you really, it's a lot of people who do Spartan race don't think as much about the running side. They want to learn the obstacles. It's like, that's the sole focus, but there's so much more to it, uh, besides learning obstacles. Um, you have to build strength. You have to build power. You have to build stamina, endurance, speed, fast twitch, slow twitch. Um, it really does require you to be adept at so many different things. And running is such a big part of it. There are chunks of the race where you're just running for a mile or two at a time, uphill, downhill, flat. And those for me now, what's really exciting is if I'm struggling with an obstacle, which happens uh, for me now, I make up time in the run. And that wasn't something I always did. But in my last race, which was in Sacramento in the beginning of November, I struggled at a couple obstacles, one of which was a, an eight foot wall that I spent a lot of time at more time at than I should have. And several people passed me. And so when I got, when I finally got past that eight foot wall, it's like, well, we got to go. And I ran as fast as I could. And I passed several of the people who passed me. So running can really help you in those situations where you struggle with an obstacle, just like being proficient at all obstacles can help you if you struggle with your running. If you're good at everything, maybe you'll get on the podium. So I'm trying to be good at everything, but the running thing has been a big, big focus for the latter half of this year for me. And I, I think if I had done that sooner, uh, I would have progressed a lot faster. So that's, that's my take on, uh, what I've learned in my three-year Spartan career. So um, hopefully that's helpful to some people who are listening. Uh, and thank you, Larry, for that question. That was a really cool question. So um, so yeah, we've covered a number of things so far. Uh, and if anyone has questions that are pressing and you want to ask right now, so far nobody else has asked any questions that you have not asked and you want to ask, this is sort of your last call to ask me questions. Um, otherwise... I've given you an update on where I'm at. I've talked about fear. I've talked about doubt. I've talked about the things that, that, that I can never put my face underwater moment and what I've had that has been that moment and what has changed. Um, and I've talked about things I've learned in my three-year Spartan career that I didn't know when I started and how I might have done things differently. So, uh, ooh, I got another question. I love it. That's what happens when you go live. Okay. This question is from Brenda. She says, hello, happy birthday. Um, and Brenda, I've already seen Brenda today because she comes to my 5 a.m. class. She was here. She was at my gym dark and early this morning doing my hard eight birthday workout. It was, uh, it was a doozy of a workout. So kudos to you, Brenda, for showing up and doing the workout today. So her question is this. During a race, did you have a negative self-talk before an obstacle? If so, how did you handle it? Um, I think 
I try to avoid negative self-talk in races. I actually try to keep my mind in general in a, in a positive place. Um, every so often it happens uh, when things get really bad. Um, I'm going to use Chicago as an example. I ran the Spartan Super and the Spartan Sprint in Chicago this summer. And um, that race <laughs> took place in a cornfield and out in the country. And two days before the race, the two days solid before the race, it rained. It just rained and rained and rained and rained. And so on race day, it was just a mud bog. It was, it was just squishy, steal your shoes, mud. And I, as I was doing that race, things that I knew how to do, I could not do. Um, and things I didn't know how to do, I definitely could not do. And in, in the beginning of that race, um, I'm going to censor myself a little bit, but I was kind of laughing. I always try to make fun of the situation I'm in. If it's a hard situation, if things are like tough, I try to laugh it off because I do try to keep my mind in a positive place. And I was like, this is an S show. Um, hopefully you guys know what I'm talking about. I'm trying to keep it clean on the seasoned athlete podcast. And I was like laughing. I'm like, what a mess, you know? And then as I went on and I spent four hours out there, which for reference, it usually takes me around two hours to do a Spartan super. I was out there for like four and a half hours. It took me forever. And I failed basic obstacles. And by the end I was pissed. I was like, this is an S show. Like I wasn't laughing about it anymore. I just wanted to get done. But, uh, so that was a tough one for me. That was like the one day where I, my mind went to a really really bad place. And, um, you know, I, I, I have to just be like, you know, when I'm at an obstacle and I'm struggling, sometimes I have to just take a step back, um, and kind of rethink my approach or, um, or sometimes I wait to see someone be successful at it. So, um, I have a good example. Um, uh, so, uh, there's, there's a couple obstacles that are just really challenging to me because I'm small. And one of them is called, uh, it's called cargo 2.0 and a cargo 2.0, it's a cargo net that you climb up and over. And that part's no big deal, but they put this like shelf wall in front of this cargo net. And it's, it's like a giant table in front of the cargo net, except it's really high and you have to get up on this table and then you can go up and over the cargo net. And I struggle so, so hard with this obstacle. And every time I see it at a race, I end up spending like a good five minutes there, maybe longer, just trying and trying and trying and falling on my butt and watching other people go by and getting pissed off. Um, and yet eventually I get over it because I, I'm, I don't want to get stuck there. I don't want to do burpees at it. I eventually get over it. And I usually, when I get over it is when I see someone again, who resembles me get over it. Um, so I watch others and I get upset and, and I have to kind of just take a step back. Like if I'm trying and trying and trying, I'm getting tired. It's like, okay, hold on, take a step back and maybe watch the next couple people do it and, and really pay attention. And when I watch them and they don't look like they're struggling at it too, but they manage to get over that's usually how I end up getting the confidence to figure it out. And it's so crazy how it happens because I've, I've done that obstacle where I've gotten over it. And then at the next race, I have the exact same problems with it. But sometimes for me, it just takes, it's like, take a step back, like stop being in that moment because this moment sucks. So take a step back, watch another couple women go over it and see what they're doing 
and see if you can try it again. Um, and, and regain your breath and regain some energy because eventually sometimes you're just trying and trying and your mind goes to the dark place and you're getting fatigued at the same time. So, um, just like taking a moment, uh, to step back. And, um, and I also like another technique, uh, and it's sort of similar, but like if it's an obstacle with multiple lanes, like Z wall is a good example. Um, I, this is a piece of advice I received from someone else where they're like, you know, choose a lane that someone succeeded at. So like if you're doing a spar, a spear throw, I am terrible at spear throw. Well, I am, I'm more likely to pick a, a, a lane or pick a spear that someone just landed in the hay, as opposed to someone who failed at it. Cause at least I know it's doable whether or not I do it. I know it's doable. And if I see someone who is my, you know, if I'm on the Z wall where I've struggled because I can't reach some of the pegs on the wall. Um, if I, if I'm struggling, uh, I look and see if someone who is short like me is doing it and I follow them in their lane. So look for people who, look and feel like you, you know, um, and are, and are being successful at it. And, and then you can either try it after them or even ask their advice, uh, and, and find out what their technique is because you can learn technique even on the course. And so I like to teach, I like to treat things as learning moments as well. So I watch people's techniques, um, and, and, see what's working for them and see if it'll work for me. And sometimes it'll work for me and sometimes it won't. Um, another thing I like to do in general when it comes to Spartan race is they have something called an open house and they do it at most races before the race the day before. And they open up several obstacles before I live by the open house because it gives me an opportunity to practice some of these hard obstacles and figure out what my technique might be for that obstacle. And sometimes what my technique might be for that day, because sometimes conditions change how you'll do an obstacle. And so if it's raining or if it's a little bit wet out, I might change how I go across one of their, uh, multi rigs where it has like rings and, and ropes that you have to hang on. I might change how I do that on a, on a day where it's wet out as opposed to a day where it's dry out. Um, and sometimes some lanes are better than others for you. Uh, an example I have is that the, um, Sacramento Spartan race that I just did with my husband, we went to the open house and we went to the multi-rig and he kept trying and he kept falling off. Like he was struggling because he, there was this bar he was hanging on and he couldn't reach the next ring. And he really struggled with that. And I said, look, go to a different lane. Like these lanes on the right look a little easier to reach that next ring. And when he did that, he was able to get across. And so when he then did the race, he knew which lane to go to. Um, so it saved him time trying to figure that out or ending up in a lane that wasn't going to work for him. Sometimes it works like that where it's not the obstacle itself has lanes that will be better or worse for you, um, individually. So, uh, if you can go to that open house, it gives you the opportunity to practice some of the obstacles and that can help you gain the confidence so that you don't end up in a position where you have negative self-talk. Um, so doing what you can to prepare yourself to learn, to gain that confidence, to believe in yourself. Um, because again, if you don't believe that you can do something, you're not going to do it no matter how much you've practiced it. So I can't state that enough. So do what you can to kind of fortify your own belief in yourself so that when you show up on race day, you can just crush it and you don't have the negative self-talk coming up. But, um, 
And in the worst case scenario, um, if you find yourself having negative self-talk or you find yourself going to a dark place, take a look around, like take a step back from wherever you're at. Look at the view because chances are there's a really awesome view around you and just marvel at how amazing it looks and how lucky you are that you get to torture yourself in this way, that this is a privilege that you get to participate in something where you get to put yourself in a position of suffering, of questioning yourself, of challenging your own belief in yourself, because you will grow from that. Uh, every, every step you take on a course and in a race like that is an opportunity for you to learn and to grow and to better yourself. And what an amazing opportunity you have to put yourself in that situation. So, uh, embrace the suck as people like to say, and, um, be grateful for the opportunity to suffer, uh, to choose to suffer, <laughs> um, for fun and pay money to do it. So, uh, that's my big long rambling answer to Brenda's question. Hopefully that helps a little bit for you. Uh, one more last call for questions. We've been doing this for a good chunk of time. And I think, um, even in just three questions that I've had, I think we've been able to cover a lot, uh, because the questions have been so great. And I appreciate uh, those who have submitted questions for this podcast today. So, um, I'm going to give another few more seconds for anyone who wants to ask questions on the Facebook live. Uh, Brenda replied, thank you so much for your advice. You are truly amazing and so inspiring. I'm so excited for the next Spartan race. So am I, hopefully we get to race together. That's going to be super fun. Um, um, and again, if anyone's racing Castaic Lake, there may or may not be spots in the guided runs on Saturday and Sunday at noon, but I will be um, your designated coach for those. Uh, so yeah, I think I'm going to wrap this up. This has been really fun. I really enjoy doing this and just getting to kind of recap what I'm up to, answer questions and help people. Um, if you want to learn more about this podcast, uh, seasonedathlete.me is the website or, um, at season athlete podcast on Instagram or facebook.com slash season athlete podcast. I would love for you to follow all those things. If you know of someone who would make a great guest, uh, you can email seasoned athlete at gmail.com. And, um, if you're in the Los Angeles area, and you want to train with me, I own a gym. I talked about it in this podcast. It's called Rise Up Training Santa Monica. And our website is rutsm.com. You can try us out for two weeks for $25 and uh, and have a lot of fun with us. Uh, we we have a great time. We will help, we help people become all around athletes so they can conquer obstacle courses like Spartan Race. Uh, so uh, it's a really cool thing we have going on there. So again, rutsm.com is the website. And then uh, my personal Instagram is at Robin Leggett SGX. So thank y'all for listening today. And uh, I look forward to bringing you more episodes with more amazing guests. I have a bunch of people that I've actually already interviewed. A little sneak preview. Let's see. Uh, who have I talked? Oh gosh. Um, so many interesting people. Um, at Spartan Podfest, uh, I still have a bunch of interviews from Spartan Podfest that we did at uh, Spartan World Championships that I have not aired yet. But some really just cool, interesting people from a variety of worlds, from the running world, from the ultra running world, from uh, Olympi Olympians. I have Olympians. Um, I recently interviewed a Highland Games athlete, so that's kind of cool. Uh, actually, it's really cool. So um, some, some cool interviews coming up. 
and I'm always looking for more guests. So um, I hope you give uh, give us a listen if you haven't before at seasonedathlete.me slash episodes. All of our past episodes are on there and available to listen uh, on demand. So, and we are on iTunes. We're on Apple or Apple Podcasts. We're on Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google Play, you name it. Stitcher, uh, you can find us. So um, go listen to some of the past episodes because I've gotten interviews with really cool people and I promise, I promise you will be inspired. Okay, so thank you for listening today and joining us for our Facebook Live, my birthday episode, annual birthday episode. And uh, we'll, we'll see you at the next episode. Thanks a lot. And uh, go out there and embrace your extraordinary, my friends. Bye.